0: What wonderful truths that we have been singing about uh, this morning. I hope and trust that you have been edified by the stewardship series we've been uh, going through, the stewardship of our hope. You know, I trust that all the, all the testimonies have encouraged you, and I hope they've stimulated us to love and good deeds and to, to grow closer in our relationship with the Lord. We've focused on the stewardship of our mission, the stewardship of discipline, and the stewardship of the next generation. I hope you've taken advantage of this month to really meditate on the four factors of stewardship, namely that God owns everything, you own nothing. God entrusts you with everything you have, such a humbling reality You can either increase or diminish what God has given you. He wants you to increase it. We are to grow. Living things are to grow. And God can call you into account at any time. And it may be today a a sobering reminder to live your life with purpose and with good stewardship principles. I love how stewardship focuses on our God-given responsibility. It it challenges us to really be a part of what God is doing and apply his word. I I love challenges. Do you like challenges? No? (laughs) My family will tell you that I love challenges and I often find the the most difficult and complicated way of doing things. But I love solving problems and I, I really hate giving up. When I was studying and then working as an engineer, that was a real asset. I love trying to figure out complicated things. That can be a good thing, but it can also be a it can also be a pride thing. I remember vividly an object lesson about this when I was in college. I was at Purdue studying engineering. I was a part of our college ministry, which is called Purdue Bible Fellowship. And one spring break, we were on a serving trip to serve at the Creation Museum before it was actually the Creation Museum. It was being built, and we came down there to do whatever they wanted us to do. And so we, we swept. We swept, and we swept, and we swept. We spent dirt and cleaned up the job site, Eventually, we were able to help pack and ship different things all over the the U.S. and the world, and we would would pack up displays and and get them ready to move from the warehouse into the the new building. In fact, we got to help pack up the Tyrannosaurus Rex. We got to pack up the T-Rex, and it was was a sight to behold to see a a T-Rex laying on a flatbed trailer with no head, and going down the interstate with the head, you know, following behind it. One morning, we're getting ready to go to work to go to the job site, and there was a lot of people there, some people you might know, Josh Nelson, Sarah Pratt, now Sarah Harmeyer, Keith Harmeyer, still Keith Harmeyer, <laughs> and there were sponsors, uh, Beb and George Moore, they were the adults shepherding and guiding us. Well, one morning, we, in all of our wisdom, locked the keys in the van. What do a bunch of Purdue students do when they lock the keys in the van? We assemble. We, we get into work groups. We think about this is a project to be solved. We go into problem-solving mode. We have grab apparatuses, sticks, and hangers, and try to f- jiggle every door. And we were on a mission to, to, to break in legally to the van. And we were all busy. We were all focused on what we could figure out, what we could do. And, and George Moore, in his quiet, godly way, just gathered us together. He gathered us together. Now, he was, he was easily the smartest person there. He was an adult. He had the most resources. He was a professor in the School of Veterinary Science, and he is an expert cheesecake maker, but that's besides the point. <laughs> this godly man quietly gathers us together and says, We ought to pray. We ought to pray and ask God for help. And I remember just wanting to focus on solving the problem, wanting to keep at it. And here is this incredibly godly, accomplished man leading us to go to the Lord in humble, dependent prayer. He prayed, and a few other people prayed, and it wasn't but a few minutes And we actually got into the, the van afterwards, but, but I will never forget that lesson. I still think it's important to solve problems and to, to not give up easily, but I will never forget that lesson, that godly example of a man who brings other, other people to the Lord instead of going to their own resources. The highlighting of the power of prayer and dependence on God was something that I keep thinking about and seeking to grow in. And I hope with our time today, we will all consider how we can grow in the stewardship of prayer. With that in mind, will you please turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 4? We're going to be reading verses 2 through 4 in the book of Colossians. If you need a Bible, there is one under the chair in the front, under the seat of the chair in the front ahead of you. And in that Bible, on page 158, if you need it, you'll find the book of Colossians, 1, 5, 8, in the New Testament. Now, the context of the chapters right before the passage we're going to be reading is all about the Colossians being challenged by Paul to, to seek Christ and to set their mind on things above and then to practically apply that to all of their earthly relationships. And the reality is we cannot do that Without a dependence on the Lord who is at work and hence the, the focus on prayer. So please, please follow along as I read from God's word in Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. Paul says, Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well that God will open up to us a door for the word. So that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ, for which I have also been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. With our time this morning, I'd like us to focus on four keys to growing in your prayer life. Number one, above all, is we must devote ourselves to prayer. He says that. Devote yourselves to prayer. Not, hey, dabble in this, check it out. Here's a, here's a good restaurant to try. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. We are devote ourselves to prayer because it is a key aspect. It is a key part of the Christian life. Jesus tells a parable of a persistent widow to highlight how God's people are, to cry out to him day and night. And he leads them to that parable in Luke 18 by saying, he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and to not lose heart. Prayer helps us lament in a broken world by going to the Lord rather than running away from him and not going to despair or or drift away from God. It is a part of of our relationship with the Lord who loves us and rescued us and wants us to recognize we are dependent on him. Prayer helps us to lament and go to God. It's so important in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it said, we're to pray without ceasing. Being devoted to something means you invest a lot of time in doing something. It is important Now, we're not going to pray every second of every day, but we are to do it consistently. MacArthur, in his commentary on Colossians, indicates how important this is regarding the Christian life. He states, It's fitting that Paul begins with prayer because it is the most important speech the new man can utter. Prayer is the strength of the believer's fellowship with the Lord and the source of his power against Satan and the angels. Through prayer... Believers confess their sin, offer praise to God, call on their sympathetic high priest, and intercede for each other. Prayer from a pure heart is to be directed to God, consistent with the mind and will of the Holy Spirit in the name of Christ and for the glory of the Father. It is important. Jesus modeled prayer by slipping away to the wilderness and praying. Jesus was devoted to prayer. We are to follow Jesus. We are to be devoted to prayer. One of the reasons is because it expresses a dependence on the Lord and aligns us to his will. We have been singing, Lord, I need you. Prayer expresses dependence. You see, Paul heard about the Colossians trusting Jesus. He heard of their testimony of salvation And he wants to pray for them. And what he prays for teaches us a lot how we can steward prayer and grow in our prayer life. Notice what Paul prays about regarding the Colossians. He says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, namely their salvation, (coughs) we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will I just want to point out one aspect of this wonderful prayer by Paul is that he prays that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will, that they would increase in the knowledge of God. They would know who God is, what he wants, what he says, and that through that God would strengthen them and empower them to actually live in a way that pleases God and bears fruit because they're aligning themselves with what God wants. You see, prayer is powerful. And prayer is to lead to action. We are dependent on the Lord, but we're asking God to help us, to strengthen us, to actually live in a way that bears fruit. It aligns us to His will so we can take action in accordance with His will. You know, sometimes people struggle reading the Bible. And one of the simple practices that I found helpful is, before you read the Bible, ask God to help you learn about him. Make sure that you're wanting to know what his will is. And if you pray before you read the Bible and say, Lord, I want to know more about you when I read so that I can be changed, become more like you and live to glorify you, that helps you focus on reading his word and not focusing on your own agenda. I'm going to share with you a number of books that I think are helpful today. And one book that I think is incredibly helpful is by Don Whitney. It's in our, our resource center. It's called Praying the Bible. Whatever your background is, however much you, you just are, are aware of prayer, been taught prayer, this really helps you wherever you're coming from to think about how can I use God's word to help focus me in my prayer and guide me in my prayer so I'm, I'm praying based on what God wants. This is a great book, Praying the Bible. Another great resource or a great reason to be devoted to prayer is because it unites the body of Christ. You know, after Jesus' ascension, in the upper room, Scripture recorded what the followers of Christ were doing. Acts 1.14, it says, they, these all with one mind, were continually devoting themselves to prayer. When we pray together, we focus together on who the Lord is and what he wants. It unites us with him at the focus, and that also impacts the way that we treat one another. Notice Romans 12, 10 through 13, and how it says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, and contributing to the needs of the saints and practicing hospitality. Being devoted to brotherly love and being devoted to prayer, they go hand in hand, they go together. Think about it this way. If the Lord is your most important relationship, you worship him, you recognize you need him and he's more important than anybody else. If that's true of my relationship with the Lord, then you must be pretty special to me. You must be pretty important to me if I'm going to bring information about you and who you are before the Lord and I'm going to ask him to work in your life and to comfort you and to be with you how important are you to me if i bring you into the most important relationship in the whole world that i have we are connected in a special way when we pray for each other it's brotherly love and the lord is at the center of that relationship how might you apply this how can we grow in and being devoted to prayer and really Caring for each other. Well, I found that if I don't write things down, I don't remember them. So maybe a prayer journal or a prayer note on your phone would be a great tool for you to use. And begin to add people's name to your phone on a note. And every time you pray for that person, put a little asterisk behind their name. Or in your prayer journal, a little, a little check. And maybe what you do is you just pick one person a day from your list to pray about and to bring before the Lord and say, Lord, I love this person. I know you love this person. Will you please work in their life? You are praying to the Lord and showing love to a brother or sister in Christ or somebody that you are burdened would come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You know, I love how our small groups how our ABFs, our adult Bible fellowships, um, they spend a fair amount of time praying for one another. And there is such encouragement in the body of Christ when you know somebody else is thinking about you, cares about you, and actually bringing you to the one who's in control of all things, the one who can actually work and help you, knowing your brothers and sisters in Christ are praying for you. And bringing you before the throne of God is an incredible encouragement and a display of love. Nancy Guthrie wrote a book called, I'm Praying for You. And we we, 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 we say that to each other. And it's a good thing. What she lays out is 40 days of praying the Bible for someone who is suffering. Like a journal. So that as you say, I'm praying for you, you might be able to focus specific ways to be guided to pray for someone else who is suffering. I know there's a lot, of, a lot of people who serve in our cancer ministry and pray for those who, cancer, who have cancer. I know there's a lot of people who are just regularly adding people to their list of those who are suffering or struggling and, and praying for them. And every time I just hear about someone praying for someone else who's suffering, it encourages my heart, knowing the Lord is the focus of that relationship. Anything you're going to be devoted to, you focus on. You spend time doing. You learn about. You know, if you're going to focus on working out, if you're going to get up early in the morning, you're probably going to set an alarm to remind yourself to get up. And it's going to take a, a few weeks to train your body to. Okay, we're doing this. We're actually going to do this. This is uh, not fun, but it's important. We're gonna we're gonna get up. Well, maybe to develop the habit and the devotion to prayers, you have to set a reminder on your phone maybe it's in the morning maybe it's your lunch break maybe it's in the evening but you set an alarm and you focus on praying for something specific think about how people do workout schedules they have a monday is arms wednesday is shoulders and friday is leg day right and what do they say about leg day don't ever skip leg day right well don't skip prayer day focus maybe on things you can pray for each day that you want to grow in, that you set a reminder of and you devote yourself to, being I want to strengthen my relationship with the Lord and I'm going to pray at this specific time as if I was going to work out at this specific time so I could strengthen my body. I want to focus this time to be devoted to prayer to strengthen my relationship with the Lord. Be devoted to prayer the second key to growing in your prayer life is be alert when you pray devote yourselves to prayer keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving oftentimes when we pray we close our eyes but this is the time that we're supposed to be the most awake the most alert prayer should be when we see things the most clearly because we're actually focusing on the Lord and what he wants. And that doesn't always happen. Prayer requires alertness. Be alert to the needs of the moment. What's going on around you? If someone is in need or there's a situation, whether you lock your keys in a van or or someone is, is, is crying or someone just looks like they don't know where they're going, be alert to the needs around you. And one of the first things you can do if there's a situation is you can go to the Lord in prayer. It's interesting. Matthew 26 just reminds us how hard it is to stay focused on what is important in the moment. Matthew 26, 40-41 says, He came to them, namely Jesus, He came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I think many people find it hard to pray. Not just because they're tired and they're in a garden. But I think there are so many distractions in life. So many distractions in life that we are not always aware of the needs right around us or even the spiritual needs that are a, real, a reality right in front of us. Some people often ask, what's the point of prayer? It doesn't, it doesn't work. I, I've prayed for things and, and nothing happened. Last weekend, I was actually in Denver teaching at a biblical counseling training conference and a young man came up to me and said he's discipling a college student who is an engineering student, who is really struggling with prayer. And he says, this student said to this person, I feel like the words are just hitting the wall and not going anywhere. What's the point of prayer? And I began to talk with this individual, and this is a very engineering mindset, where we love feedback systems. We love to know, oh, I did something, it was right, and here's the information saying, yep, that worked. We want that feedback. We want to know we did the right thing, and we often don't see the purpose if we don't see immediate results that can correct us and adjust us. But we need to remember that, number one, God works with perfect timing, and often that timing requires patience and trusting his character over time, and prayer is about constantly going to him even if I don't see results right away. And secondly, prayer is about being dependent and not controlling the results. We must pray by faith and trusting our requests to the Lord, believing that because of who he is, he hears us. I wish I would have gone to Psalm 116 when I was talking to this young man, but it's not in your notes, but if you want to jot down Psalm 116 in your margin, this is a fantastic passage. It says, I love the Lord because he hears I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I shall call upon him as long as I live. Do you believe that God's character is to incline his ear to those who cry out to him? Do we believe that we we love him because he listens to us and hears us? We must do this by faith, believing that that is who he is. What he has said about himself is true. And I pray because I believe that is true about the God I am praying to. I'm not praying just to try to get the results that I want. I'm praying to the God I believe in, the one who's in control of all things. And we are to be alert and focused on who the Lord is. You see, we're also called to be alert to what honors God. Notice another of Paul's prayers and see how the focus is on the Holy Spirit who is at work in us. And the idea is God is at work and I want to stay focused on the mission God has for me and for us. Notice Ephesians 6.18. It says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul's asking for prayer. He's asking other people to to help him, to come alongside him, to help make sure that he focuses on the great mission that we have to share Christ with others. And the reality is, oftentimes that is hard. It requires perseverance, and there may be suffering. If you're going to proclaim Christ, you may also be aligning yourself with suffering. And knowing that you're asking others to pray for you, that you would be bold to actually share that with other people, is a recognition of our own weakness and our own need. There are people all over that oppose the truth of the Bible, and yet we do not battle against flesh and blood. We battle against the spiritual forces of this world that would tempt us to turn away from the Lord and seek purpose and satisfaction somewhere else. And we are to be alert that we are in a spiritual battle each day. Prayer keeps us focused on the reality and danger of drifting away from Christ that is all around us and even in our own hearts. You know, one of the hardest responsibilities a soldier has is when they are in a place of conflict in wartime, and yet the conflict drags on and there are lulls. There are moments where it seems like there's no attack that's coming. That downtime is one of the most challenging times for them because they're not safe, but they have this momentary sense of, of being safe. My brother was deployed to Iraq, and he would tell me, that when they would go out on patrol, one of the things that his commanding officer wanted to make sure they had, the piece of equipment they never wanted to leave behind, was a cooler stocked with Rippets, which is a caffeinated energy drink. And he said, Folden, you got the Rippets? And he's like, Yes, sir, I got the Rippets, sir. And he had this whole box filled with caffeinated energy drinks because when they went on patrol, one of the most important things was they wanted to stay alert. They wanted to be aware of the dangers all around them. And they were, they were given just these tiny little, little rippet things. And so they had to have a whole bunch of them to help keep them awake as they were going on long patrols. Well, so too are followers of Christ to be alert to the battle against sin that's going on in our own hearts and all around us. What does this look like? I think being alert means recognizing when you sin, recognizing when you maybe exalt yourself in pride, or maybe you speak to someone in a way that doesn't please God. And instead of ignoring it, you are alert to it, and you prayerfully address it. If we're going to be alert in our prayers, we're going to be bringing the reality of our sinfulness before our God who loves us and is going to show us mercy and going to remind us on what he did through sending his son, Jesus. Confessing your sin and being reminded of God's love for you in Christ where he paid for your sin, that is an intimate act where we grow closer and closer to the Lord because we don't hide our sin, ignore our sin, minimize our sin, or blame shift our sin to somebody else, but we, we own it. We take responsibility for it, and we go to the Lord with it. Another great book is called Prone to Wander. Prayers of Confession and Celebration. And one of the fascinating aspects of this book is it identifies different areas that you might want to grow and put off sin in your life. And at the end, it has Scripture that gives you assurance of pardon, Reminding you of God's mercy. As you confess your sin, it's reminding you of His great love for those who come to Him with a broken and contrite spirit. If we're going to steward our prayer life, we're going to grow in confessing our sin to Him. There's great danger, there's temptation all around us, and yet there's great opportunity. We see people are hurting and they are needy and we see opportunities to share the gospel of Christ. We want to pray for partners in the gospel just as Pastor Trey prayed for Mark and Judy Blackwell, missionaries to South Africa. In our ABF, our Adult Bible Fellowship, every month we focus on one of our missionaries and we pray for them as a class, seeking to bring them before the Lord and pray that God would use them effectively for his glory. Tonight, at the stewardship celebration, we'll be commissioning Naoto Funada and praying for him as he heads to Japan. Tonight is going to be a great time for us to pray like Paul and be alert to what honors God and to pray for our brothers and sisters serving him around the world. We are alert, we are aware, but we are not jaded and disenfranchised. In fact, prayer requires that we cultivate an attitude of thanksgiving. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving should permeate our walk with the Lord all year long. Notice Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. Or Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Thankfulness in the Bible is comprehensively applied. You see, Christ is to be comprehensively applied to all of life. And if he is before all things and in him all things hold together and the Lord is working in and through us to conform believers to the image of Christ, how can we put Christ first but not appropriate respond with thanksgiving for what he has done? What might this look like in your life? Maybe every day you focus on one aspect of God's character, his attributes. Maybe at the end of the day, you think about everything that happened in your day, good and bad, and you bring it before the Lord and you emphasize praise, saying, God, I know this about you. You are compassionate. You are good. This happened to me today and this happened to me today. Lord, I want to thank you for all of it. Lord, help me bring you glory. Maybe you grab a dry erase marker And on your mirror, in your bathroom, you write one word that points you to the Lord. And before you brush your teeth, while you're brushing your teeth, after you brush your teeth, you're praying to the Lord about that aspect of his character, giving him thanks for who he is and what he is doing. My last book recommendation. This is a sleeper. But this is a gem. This is a children's book. I have read a lot of children's books. And, and this, this book is wonderful. This book is entitled, What Every Child Should Know About Prayer. And you start reading this book, and you start realizing, if I read this to a kid, I'm going to learn a whole lot about prayer. Isn't that how it works? When you teach somebody else about something, do you learn a lot more about it? So this book is a, a great book on prayer disguised as a children's book. And I promise you, you will learn about prayer, and it will, it, will, it will minister your soul as you teach kids about prayer. You will learn more and grow in your prayer life from a kid's book, what every child, maybe whatever child of God should know about prayer. This is just a, a great book in our resource center. The idea is we're trying to grow in our thankfulness for prayer, or for the Lord, and one of the ways we do that is we do that in prayer. We want to be thinking about what God is doing every day and who he is. But we especially want to be thankful for Christ's work on the cross. Notice how it says, making sure we're alert with an attitude of thanksgiving. What's the basis, the the foundation of our thanksgiving? Notice Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks, giving thanks through him... To God the Father. How do you give thanks through him to God the Father? You you think about who he is. You think about what Jesus did for you on the cross, and you give thanks. Whatever you do, you always filter it through. He loves me. He died for me. He rose from the grave. He is my source of eternal life. Lord, I'm so thankful for that. Whatever I do, I'm going to do with thanksgiving through Christ Just as 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You're always thinking about who Christ is and what he's done for you. That is the the foundation of our thankfulness. Another great book is called The Gospel Primer. And it challenges us to think about every different aspect of what Christ did on the cross for us that we might overflow with a heart of God. Of Thanksgiving. Maybe you might just want to read the Gospels and envision what Christ went through for you and just think about if you had to do that yourself and then think about him taking the wrath of God in your place and allow that thought to permeate your life so that you have thankfulness in everything because you're thinking about Christ in everything. Another really practical step to grow in the stewardship of prayer is to write out your salvation testimony and to put it in a place that you're going to see regularly and read your own salvation testimony over and over again. Cultivating a thankfulness to God for saving you, for what he did for you by sending Christ to die on the cross for your sin. If you say, I don't have I don't have a salvation testimony. Maybe the most important prayer is the prayer you've not prayed yet. Asking God to forgive you of your sins and to forgive you on the basis of Jesus dying on the cross and resurrecting. If that's your story, if that's where you are, I would invite you to pray today. If you'd like help working through that, please contact your service pastor, contact one of the pastors on the bulletin. We would love to walk you through that to make sure that you have eternal thankfulness in Christ. The more thankful you are for the gospel, for Christ's work in your life, the more alert you will be as to the opportunities to share it with other people. The last way that we're going to focus on how we can grow in our prayer life is focus regularly on gospel opportunities. Understanding we're dependent, we need God to open doors. Paul knows how dependent he is. He needs God to open doors for him and he's asking others to pray for him that God would open those doors and for these doors to be effective. Notice what he says in verse 3 praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open to us a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I have also been imprisoned. Or Acts 14.27. When they have arrived and gathered the church together, they began to report all the things that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. I just want to encourage you to pray that God would open a door for you to share the word with other people in your life and pray that you would be ready and bold and courageous to walk through that door, that you would see that door. And if that door just is cracked open just a little, you're going to trust the Lord and have courage to ask someone about their relationship with Jesus. Maybe you pick one person in your life And you pray for that person faithfully throughout the end of the year, asking God to open up a door this year to share the gospel with that person. Paul prays a lot or talks a lot about doors. Paul has a prayer life that is a focused life because he wants to be a part of what God is doing. Remember how prayer is to lead to action? Dependence on God but a desire to be used by God to bear fruit. You see, we are to grow in prayer by focusing on gospel opportunities, knowing that God's plan is for us to be actively engaged in the spread of the gospel. Notice the last thing he says in verse 4, that I may make it clear in the way that I ought to speak. He knows what he should say. He's asking for help to be clear and to actually say it. Paul is dependent on God but he knows that he is called to speak. And so too are you and I called to speak. Just a couple Sundays ago in my uh, adult Sunday school class, I was really encouraged. We have a prayer time. And people began to, to share prayer requests. And person after person started talking about someone they were reaching out to. Someone they had invited to the Taste of Christmas. And someone was being like, I'm nervous, I'm looking for a spot, and I invited this person and prayed that, that there's going to be a spot that I can go and that this person's going to hear the gospel. And, and this person began to share about their co-worker that they were reaching out to. And this person started talking about a family member that they were burdened, that they wanted to share the gospel with, and just hearing people pray for the salvation of other people, my heart was just thumping inside of me. This is, this is us coming together as a body, as people, and being a part of what God is doing. And it was exciting. One more aspect of Paul's prayer for the Colossians, as I close, is instructive for us. We give thanks to God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you, just as in all the world also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing, in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. The reality is the gospel is spreading. And God is at work. The question is, will we pray to be a part of it and will we be a part of it? I do pray, and I have prayed, that this message helps you grow in your stewardship of prayer. May we increase in being dependent on the Lord and ultimately bearing fruit for his glory. Well, surely you would agree with me that I would be remiss if I did not close our time in prayer. So let's pray together, shall we? Lord, you are merciful, you are compassionate, and Lord, we trust that you indeed hear us. Lord, we come to you on the basis of Christ's work in our place, and Lord, we recognize we need you, we need you for salvation, and we need you for growing closer to you each and every day. Lord, we ask you to use us, to bear fruit in your name for your glory. Lord, we ask you to refine us, to become more like your son. Lord, help us to be a part of your plan. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for so often putting our plans above yours. Lord, thank you for your mercy that is new every morning. Thank you, Lord, that we can confess our sins to you and that you are faithful, that you will forgive us our sins. Lord, thank you that you paid for all of our sins through the blood of Christ on the cross, and that is the basis that we can come before you. Lord, help us keep growing and addressing sin in our life and putting it off that we might glorify you more and be more effective as we seek to share the gospel with other people. Lord, help us to share your good news with others who are all around us that they too might have this sweet, close, and wonderful fellowship with you that we enjoy. Lord, help us be a people of prayer that point other people to you. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.